your Bible open to Hebrews chapter 13. We come to the closing chapter of this study in the book of Hebrews. The title of this chapter, The Call of Jesus. It's divided into five divisions, and it is sort of like the book of Proverbs, little pithy statements all through this little chapter of 25 verses. The first division, verses 1 to 9, Jesus calls us to consistency. The second, verses 10 through 14, Jesus calls us to separation. The third, verses 15 to 16, Jesus calls us to praise. The fourth, verses 17 to 19, Jesus calls us to obedience. And the fifth, verses 20 to 25, Jesus calls us to maturity. Let's look at the first division tonight. Jesus calls us to consistency. The first nine verses. <clears throat> Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be with, content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Now the whole theme of the book of Hebrews, we have found something better. Something better than Moses, something better than Aaron, something better than the Old Testament sacrificial system, something better than the angels. Jesus is that better one. And Jesus is the summum bonum of our lives. And he is the only one we can trust to take us to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so in this last chapter, there's the call of Jesus. And in this first nine verses, he calls us to consistency. He's talking about believers walking their talk and talking their walk. And he begins by saying, let brotherly love continue. Now we read in 1 Corinthians, love never fails. Love is kind and gentle and gracious and all those wonderful attributes of love. There are three Greek words that are all translated in English, love. Eros, which is a physical attraction men and women have for each other. Phileo, which is a fellowship kind of love, which we have in the church. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. The third is agape, or agapo. And in that word we have God's 
unfailing love. It is an unselfish love that just pours itself into another even if there is no return or no response. That's the reason it can say, the Bible can say God loves us. He loves bad little boys and good little boys. He loves bad men and good men. He loves bad women and good women. He loves us all. It is never right to say God just loves good people. He loves everyone. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Now God doesn't like our disobedience. God doesn't like some of the things we do. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. Now, since we have become Christians, we have that agapao within us, agape kind of love that can reach out and love others even though they're unlovable and unlovely. And so he says, let love, brotherly love continue. Those of us who are saved need to have the hallmark of love about us so that we love each other. In the days of D.L. Moody, one day a little boy was going to church. He passed four or five churches, and uh, one man was standing out in front of his church, and he said, little fellow, where are you going? You've already passed four churches. He said, I'm going over to Mr. Moody's church because they love a fellow over there. Amen. Now, that's what our bus ministry does. Our bus ministry says to the boys and girls of Bowling Green, God loves you, and we do too. And even though some do not know how to behave in the house of God, it is our responsibility to teach them and to teach them how much God loves. So let brotherly love continue. Secondly, verse 2 is a wonderful reminder. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, <clears throat> for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. We do not know who the stranger is that knocks on our door or calls us on the telephone. Now, in our day when we are uh, uh, discouraging people from calling us and we're putting our names on lists that say, do not call my number, and we're afraid of these salesmen, the uh, people that get on the phone and try to sell us light bulbs and all kinds of uh, things and so on, Really, we don't have to be afraid of them. When they call you, you don't have to be rude to them. Just say, I'm so glad you called. It reminds me to tell you about Jesus. And I want to tell you how much Jesus loves you. And I love you because Jesus loves you. Now, I can't buy the things that you're trying to get me to buy. I can't afford them. And I like to really see the things before I buy them. And I usually go shopping myself. But I just want to tell you how much I love you and how much God loves you. Thank you so much. Goodbye. That'll settle it. That's what I frequently do. And you don't have to be mean to them and hang up on them and, and be ugly to them. You don't have to get your name on some list. When they call you, it's an opportunity to witness. And, uh, you know, they don't know about how to respond to that because most people don't do that. They either hang up on them or they, they carry on with them or they buy something from them. I, I would never buy something from a telemarketer. But... Uh, it's a good opportunity to witness to them. And don't be afraid to entertain strangers. Now, I know we live in a dangerous era. And uh, wise is that person who keeps his door locked. If you have a screen door or a glass uh, uh, wind door, keep it locked. And when somebody comes to your door, uh, 
If you feel like you can open the door and the outside door is locked, just look at them and smile them and say, God loves you. I'm sorry I can't buy anything from you and I don't have anything to give you, but I want to tell you God loves you. And then be done with it. When those cult groups come to see you, you don't have to be rude to them. Uh, you don't even have to give them a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. What you do need to do is tell them about Jesus. Tell them how much Jesus means to you. Uh, I had a couple of them come one Christmas and they were starting to tell me all about their, their situation. I said, I want to tell you something before you start telling me. I want to tell you, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Did you know that? Oh, they said, you are. I said, yes, I've been witnessing for Jehovah ever since I got saved. And have you been saved? Well, they don't know how to respond to that, so they leave. But at least I got to tell them that God loves them. We don't have to tell people, you know, bad mouth them or tell them off or be ugly to them. We need to be kind and let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, thirdly, in verse three, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. He's probably speaking of prisoners here. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. Now, whoever wrote this, some believe it was the Apostle Paul. He knew what it was to be bound. Perhaps whoever else might have written this knew the same thing. Because in the early days of Christian faith, it was no unusual thing for a Christian to have to be put in prison for his faith. And so the Holy Spirit is reading, is, is, is urging this writer to tell us, remember them that are in bonds. We need to pray for the prisoners. We need to write them letters. Go visit them whenever you can and uh, pray for them. It's an awful thing to be in prison, even if you're guilty. Now, I'm not saying that every guilty prisoner ought to be turned loose, but I am saying that Christians need to love them and pray for them. There are some people that are in prisons that don't really deserve to be there. You think of the message I gave you a little while ago from Burma. 250 Christians told they could not serve anymore. In Japan, a lady that was a very faithful witness was told by her family she couldn't witness anymore. <clears throat> In Burma, three or four <coughs> who had received Christ as Savior and refused to knuckle under and become reconverted to Buddhism were put in stocks without food or water for many days. Let's pray for those that are in prison. Then the fourth thing, marriage is honorable in all things. I mentioned a while ago, these are little pithy statements like you'd read in the book of Proverbs. <coughs> they are all gathered together under the collection Jesus calls us to consistency. If you're going to be a Christian, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Remember them that are in bonds. And then he says something that deals with the very heart of our home life. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now America <clears throat> is losing its grip on reality, spiritually. And we're forgetting 
what the Bible teaches about marriage. Marriage is honorable in all things. Marriage is. And the bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. This is so important for us to realize this. <coughs> whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Every believer in Jesus Christ has the same temptation as every other believer. Remember that. Now, the unbelieving world live like animals. They do whatever they want to do. They live any way they want to live. But if you call yourself a Christian, remember that God says, whoremongers and adulterers judge. I had the privilege a number of years ago of talking to a couple who had been living together. <clears throat> they knew it and I knew it. They wanted to give their lives to Christ. Thank God for that. Their hearts were stirred. I said, the very first thing you need to do is to move out from each other. They said, well, the other partner wouldn't understand. I said, who do you care whether he understands, God or your partner? You know what they did? They moved out. They lived separately. Later they got married and they're living wonderfully together now. God will judge whoremongers and adulterers. Now, believers in Christ can repent of that and turn away from it. It isn't too late. But if we hold on to it and continue in that relationship, God says he's going to judge it. All right. Fifthly, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, the word conversation means citizenship. Let your citizenship be without covetousness. Live in such a way that you're not trying to always get what somebody else has. That's so important, remember that. Be content with such things as you have. One of the great problems we have today is we want to be like the Joneses. They get a new house, so we have to get a new house. They get a new car, we have to get a new car. They get new clothes, we have to get new clothes. I was interested in something that James Bayless said to his wife about a week or so ago. Neither one of them knew that he was that near death. He said to his wife one day, I want you to go shopping. Now, if you know James very well, he was tight. <laughs> Ms. Bayless testified to that. But he said, I want you to go shopping. She said, well, James, I don't need anything. I haven't been shopping for a long time. He said, I know, I think you haven't bought anything new for 30 years, I want you to go out and shop. And she said, well, I don't really need anything. He said, did you hear what I said? I want you to go shop. So she went out and bought some new clothes and she had some clothes for his funeral. He didn't know he was going that quickly. She didn't know it, but God put it on his heart to say that. Now, the point was, Mrs. Bayless was a very modest 
Christian lady. She's been a Christian for a long time. And she was not trying to always buy new things. Her husband had to spur her on to do that. Now, husbands, that's a good word. Uh, be good to tell your wife to go shopping, get something new. And wives, you might tell your husband to do the same thing. Because most godly women and godly men are so modest, they don't go spend a lot on themselves. They may spend on money on their children and on others, but usually not themselves. But here he's saying, be content with such things as you have. Don't be covetous. Don't be jealous of others that have more than you have. There's no room in the Christian community, in the Christian conduct and citizenship for jealousy. And so these are all pithy statements. He's saying Jesus calls us to consistency. If you want to be a godly Christian, these are very practical things that he's speaking of. And then he says in verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. My trust is in the Lord. I don't have to be afraid of others. Verse 7, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. It's wise to honor those who are spiritually important to you. Mother or daddy, your Sunday school teacher, our deacons, your pastor. Remember those that have spiritual authority in your life. Those who have, that God has given to trust for your souls and to worry about you and to be concerned about you. He says, uh, remember them which have the rule over you, have spoken to you the word of God, follow their faith, considering the end of their conversation. Then he says in verse eight, Jesus Christ never changes. Jesus never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that wonderful? You read in the gospels all about Jesus, and you know he's the same then as he is today. He's the same today as he was then. Jesus never changes. So the injunctions we have from the Lord are injunctions that we can follow with faith. Then in verse nine, be not carried away or bought with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, that means attractive things, which have not profited them that have occupied, been occupied therein. Be not carried away with strange doctrines. Establish your heart in the word of God, in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live righteously and soberly and godly in this present world, looking for the glorious appearing, the great God and our Father Jesus Christ. So in the Christian's life, there's some subtractions and some additions. We're to subtract from our lives ungodliness and worldly lusts. We're to add righteousness, godliness, long-suffering, peace, and looking forward to the glorious coming of Christ. Now, this section deals with consistency in a Christian's life. If you're saved, if you and I know the Lord, and these verses speak to my heart and to your heart, then we want, want to be consistent in our faith in Christ. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for these words from the Word of God. 
how precious they are. Help us to be consistent in our Christian life, to live like Jesus would have us live, to walk with him and talk with him and to have spend time alone with him and just be with God and let him speak to our hearts and fill our hearts with his love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's stand, please. Page 160, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. As we sing this, let's let Jesus speak to our hearts on the inside. And let's just say, Lord, I want to be a consistent Christian. You come into my heart. You've saved me. I want to be what you want me to be. If you're here tonight and you're not sure you're saved, I'm going to plead with you, come to Christ. Let God be real in your life. Don't go away, with, don't go away without Jesus tonight. And if there's some special prayer request on your heart, you come and kneel at the altar and tell God about it. While we sing, will you step out for Christ tonight?